Last week I told you about the, the fire, the amazing tongues that came down upon us in the upper room and how incredible it, it changed everything about who we were and what we were doing and those tongues of fire, we, we really didn't understand what they were and, and we were so, uh, we were in shock, we, fire. Last week I talked to you about the fire of the tongues and the Holy Spirit and today I want to tell you more about the day of Pentecost and what happened inside of us. I mean, the things that people saw on the outside were amazing enough, but, but what happened on the inside to all of us who were gathered together in the upper room? We, we were united. We were together. We were praying. We were doing what Jesus told us to do. He had told us to wait. And he also had told us many times that God was going to send the Holy Spirit. And so we, we wonder what it meant. And the fire, it just seems so so incredible to us this what did the fire mean and those tongues that came down upon us that day fire is absolutely amazing many of us enjoy watching a fire and seeing the flames that kick up and fire is amazing in that it, it's 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 has a wholeness to it but then there's this individual part of fire as the flames come up they even look like tongues when we have a fire and we have our circle out in the, in the backyard and the fire comes up. I just love to sit and watch it and see the, the amazing nature of fire. And somehow that's the, that's the way that God chose to show us who His Holy Spirit is. God used this reality of the creation of fire to help us to, to explain or to understand something about what it meant that God was going to come in this special way. I mean, you think of how God comes to us and, and long ago, how God came to us through His Son Jesus. And how did God do that? And the mystery of that, and, well, in a place called Bethlehem, flesh, uh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and we had, as Jesus grew up and came into his public ministry, the reality of who God is and watching who Jesus was. And, and, and we were told, if you, if you watch Jesus, then you learn who God is. And so we watched Jesus and we walked with him for three years and the amazing things that he taught us and the miracles that he, that he performed and the heart of Jesus that just melted us as we began to understand over time who Jesus really was and that he was all that had been written about him by the prophets and, and Jeremiah and in the Psalms, even David had written about this, this one to come and, and then John the Baptist and how he, he recognized him and he saw him and, and as he was baptizing him in the River Jordan and people would come, he would say that my message for you is, 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 is good, it's about, but I'm, I'm telling you about the one to come. He will baptize you with fire. You know, I remember hearing that he will baptize you with fire. What? What, what do you? Is that symbolism? What, what was it? You know, and then later on, on the day of Pentecost, when the fire came, oh my, 
Boy, did we understand fire in a different way. We understood that fire was somehow representative of the very presence of God. And when God gave us the fire at Pentecost, he gave us more than a symbol to think about. He was giving us his very nature, his very being, and coming to terms with understanding how God could be this God of heaven, but also he could be in Jesus and Jesus himself being God. And then on the day of Pentecost, then we find that there's another nature of God that we're trying to grasp and come to terms with, and, and that's the Holy Spirit of God, the very essence of God, the presence of God, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is, was poured out on the day of Pentecost in, in a way that we certainly didn't understand, and the fire came down, and I, I told you a little bit last week how this fire was coming down, and all of a sudden, all individually, the fire came on us. Tongues of fire. And we were in shock. We, we didn't know what to think or make of it. It happened so quickly. And, but when that tongue of fire came upon me, I was filled with something that I'd never been felt filled with. I, I was aware of something that I had never been aware of before. And I, I became conscious of this being that existed and was with me and speaking to me and inside of me. And oh, how it changed me. And it changed the direction of, of what happened to the believers about Jesus. You know, it was all about the resurrection of Jesus. Up until he resurrected from the dead, uh, we, we could put very few pieces of the puzzle together. But then when Jesus arose from the dead, we understood that somehow God had a plan forever and ever. And Jesus had power over sin. Jesus had power over death. And it was an incredible well, God had created us individually. We, we came to understand when that fire separated into tongues of fire and settled upon us. I mean, we know that God made us individually, and we knew we were coming to believe and understand that when Jesus died on the cross, he was dying for our sins, every one of us. Peter, and I had plenty, and all of us that were there. We understood that we needed a Savior. We needed someone to to forgive us and understand what sin was and a perfect lamb that Jesus that he died on the cross. And, and then when the Holy Spirit came, it just was more evident to us, the individuality of our relationship with God. The fire, you see, maybe to you it doesn't mean much, but when the fire separated into the tongues and individuals, I got my tongue. There was a part of the fire of God, the Holy Spirit that came on me. And I want to tell you that that's God's plan for every believer. It's not just those 12 that were there, the 120 in the upper room or those that are recorded in the book of Acts. But I tell you, the Holy Spirit is for every believer. It won't be the same way as it was with us. I mean, everything's different. A lot of things are different. But here in the 21st century, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is for you. It's not going to come out the same way it did in the first century but the Holy Spirit, according to the very valued and precious words of the Bible, tell us that the Holy Spirit is for every believer, every one of you. God has a tongue. God has a flame. God has fire for you. You see, God, the same God who rose Jesus from the dead by the power of his Spirit came down upon the believers. It's the same God, the same Spirit, who now promises to be in your life and with you today.
Last week, I, I described the day of Pentecost, and one of the ways that I described the day of Pentecost is I talked about it as being the, the beginning of something. It was the beginning of the church. The church. The church. You know that term, church. People use it in all kinds of contexts and ways and will through every century. What is the church? Well, you know, the, the word church comes from the word the people of God. It's not a building. It's not a format. It's not a style. It's not a certain kind of music. It's God's people. The Holy Spirit came on His people. The Holy Spirit is for His people. His Holy Spirit came upon us in that early days of the early church and something was born, something was new, something was fresh. God created something new when He created the church, when He created this church uh, who would be focused on the mission of Jesus, the people of God. And so what about this church and, and, and who is it? And Well, let me tell you five ways that, that the Holy Spirit changed everything for the believers. Number one is in the early church, the Holy Spirit came and gave us clear direction, clear direction about who we were, gave us identity. It gave us an understanding and a complete, not a completeness, but a process to say, God says, I know who you are and I know what I want for you and I know what I want to do in you. See, that's the thing. Even today in 2017, God knows what he wants to do in you. God knows what he wants for the body of Christ, for the church, for the world. And he gave this plan way back there. But it's the same words of Jesus and the same plan of today, the mission of the church. That's what I'm talking about, the, the mission of the church. I'll tell you something else that we had that the Holy Spirit did for us is the Holy Spirit gave us a unity in the early church. There was this united sense of purpose. It's hard to explain, but there was this, it was exciting, no doubt. It was uh, amazing and incredible time, but there was this unity in the church, and we knew who we were, and we were together in it. Not everybody was. There were those that played along, and man, there were people who played Pentecost. You know the stories. Some of them are recorded by Luke in that book of Acts, people that played the game. You know, back in those early days when you played the game, you were really, really close to fire. Ananias and Sapphira. I never thought of them as bad people. They were pretenders. You cannot fool God. No. You can't. That's one thing about the early church is there was such discernment from the Holy Spirit. You cannot fool God. You cannot fool the Holy Spirit of God. No. You can't then, you can't now. Mike can fool me, but you can't, God. He knows who we are. He knows our hearts. He knows that purpose, that motive. Another thing in the early church, and you've heard the stories, is the amazing miracles that took place. I mean, it was just an incredible time of miracles. Uh, can't explain them. They, they're from the heart of God. They're from the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not anything that we did or I did or John did or any of the early church leaders did. It's what God's Spirit did. 
There was such an atmosphere. There was such a faith. There was such an excitement. And it was a unique time in the, in the story of God. Not every day is like that. Not every day is like it was in those early days. Of course, it wasn't in the second year, or the third year, or the fifth year, or the 20th year of the church, or the 2012th year of the church. God, change, God, God doesn't change, but God moves in his own ways. And today he's moving in his own ways and speaking to hearts. I have to believe today that the same Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost, honestly, is right here in this room. He's right here in this room. And he has something to say to me and something to say to you. Tell you what else happened on the day of Pentecost is this Holy Spirit, this tongue that came upon us, gave us a boldness to preach, a boldness to witness, a boldness to tell the story. And oh, it's amazing what happened. You have these 120 people and they got so full of boldness to tell about, what did we tell about Jesus? Mostly that he died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the dead. And there was a lot of, especially for the Jewish people, they needed to know the history, the Old Testament, the prophecies, in order for them to understand and come to that place of trusting Jesus and believing in him. There was this boldness of, of testifying. And, and uh, uh, we all had this sense and this feeling of, of wanting to tell people about Jesus. It was amazing, uh, uh, this, this boldness that, that took place among all the disciples that were there. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened. And then there was this, this amazing thing that took place by the Holy Spirit when the tongues of fire came down called languages. I mean, this is an incredible miracle. But you know, whenever that Holy Spirit came down and we started talking about it and telling about who Jesus was, it, everybody in Jerusalem understood what we were saying. Now you think, well, you hope so. But you don't understand, there were people in Jerusalem from all over the world who didn't know the language that, that we knew. I mean, we were Galilean fishermen for the most part. And we didn't know any other languages. You know, we spoke, well, a little bit of Hebrew, well, Hebrew and Aramaic we spoke. A few of the people knew Greek, but we're talking about people from all over the world that heard what we said, and they heard it in their own language. This is an incredible miracle. If you miss this, you miss an important part of the tongues and the power that came down. In fact, there were people there during this time. The reason they were there is they had come from all over the world, Jewish people, people who believed in the, in, in, uh, the, the law of Moses, and they affirmed that they were seeking and worshiping God. They were called God-fearing Jews in ways and places, but they were from all over the world. They were from Egypt. They were from Turkey. They were from north. They were from the east, the west. Here's a map that just shows you some of the places that they were from. Arabia, Egypt, Libya, Elam, Parthia, Cappadocia. They came from all over. Why were they in Jerusalem then? Well, because it was the Feast of the Pentecost. You understand, that is a Jewish, that is a Jewish feast. And every year, people would come from all over the, the world to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. So you had all these people in Jerusalem. I mean, it was packed in. It was really like the Passover. And they were there, and they were excited. And most of them had come to worship God. They were listening, and they were wanting to hear from God. They came from all those places. And when we were telling them about what happened, we were speaking in our own language, but they heard it in their own language. They didn't need an interpreter, and it was incredible. I mean, they were amazed. Let me tell you some of the words that we heard to describe. They were amazed. They were perplexed. They couldn't understand how is it that we hear in our own language. This is an incredible miracle. 
Well, I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit was so alive and real in our hearts, but I haven't yet told you probably what to me impacted me the most on that day, and that is all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fired me up, and I got up, and I began to tell the story. Here I am, Peter, the failure who denied Jesus. The one who's always getting himself in trouble, the one that's talking too much. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and that tongue of fire came on me and, and I exploded in telling the story. You see, the people from all over, they were so confused. Well, all these people are talking in all these languages, but they're hearing in their own languages. There were some people that were standing there and they were laughing. <laughs> they must be drunk. They don't even know what they're saying. They don't know what language you're speaking. And, you know, and... And all of a sudden, something came over me, and I jumped up, and I said, men and women, Jewish God-fearers from the world, listen to me. And you know, I always had no trouble talking, but boy, after the day of Pentecost, God put a fire in me to communicate and talk about the gospel. And to all of my brothers who were the, the apostles and oh, every, everyone who was a believer in those early days of the church, you weren't a believer without being a witness because you were filled with the Holy Spirit of God and you understood the call that Jesus had put on you. And so we were fired up and I exploded and I jumped up and I began to tell the story and, and people were listening. You see, there was this great stirring in Jerusalem. People knew that something was happening. They didn't understand what, but they sensed the presence of God in a way that was very unique and different than they ever had before. And you had these Jewish people, many of them who were good people, and they were hungry for God. You see, when you hunger for God, then you, you are open to his spirit to come to your life. They were hungry for God. Part of our problem in the 21st century is we have too many other things. We have so many things that can occupy us, hobbies and toys and plans, most of which are great things. We're too busy to be hungry. We have too much, maybe too much of the wrong thing. So here we were. The people were listening. They were excited. And I began to tell the story. First thing I told him about was a man named Joel, one of the Old Testament prophets. And Joel had written words that I had learned much earlier on. Joel had written words about the Messiah to come and what God was going to do. And, and Joel said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Then he wrote this 700, 800 years earlier. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. You know, that's one of those prophecies I had heard a long time. But on that day, I realized that God was fulfilling it. I will, those words, I will pour out my spirit. And he poured out his spirit. It was an amazing, amazing time. It, it's not just one time. Later on, we saw him pour out his spirit on the Gentiles. He poured out his spirit. You know, God's spirit has been poured out. And so today, when we come to this place to worship, it's not to beg God's spirit to come here. 
He's already here. He already gave his spirit. It's up to us to have the hunger and the thirst and the openness inside of us to say, God, I'm going to listen to your spirit today. I'm going to hear what you say to me in the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit. The prophet Joel, the Holy Spirit of God. God said this. He told us about the Holy Spirit, and he came. When he came, he showed us the great miracles. They were miracles in the early church. Uh, Amazing. The power that came with what God did. He he had said, and later on in Joel, he talked about the amazing signs and wonders from heaven. See, we experienced some of them. There was this crippled beggar right after the day of Pentecost that was laying on the temple steps. and, And John and I went by and he was begging and it's like, what happened? I remember saying, we don't have any, any gold or silver, but what I give you, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And this beggar got up and walked. It was a miracle. It wasn't John. It wasn't me. It was the power of God. I will show you signs and wonders in heaven above and on earth below. We knew what we were supposed to do. The thing about the tongues that came down is we knew what we were called to do. We were called to witness. The Holy Spirit made it possible. The Holy Spirit also made us close to God. He made it so we felt close to God because His Spirit was in us and speaking to us. We started to learn more and more what it meant by the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. I want you to know today how important it is for you to know who the Holy Spirit is and what He wants to say to you. Jesus had talked about it. He says, if you love me, listen to the words of Jesus, you will obey my command and I will ask the Father and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. These are the words of Jesus. The Father will give you the counselor who will be with you forever. Think about that, forever. Now, this is Jesus talking. This isn't someone else making this up. Jesus said, God will give you the counselor who will be with you forever. That means that if you're a believer and you've turned to Jesus, he is here. He is right here to speak to you and tell you what God, the message that God has for you. Jesus said a lot about the Holy Spirit. He also said, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, will teach you things and remind you of everything I have taught you. So Jesus said, you see, this, the Holy Spirit, is a continuation of truth, a continuation of the ministry of Jesus. So when you think of how important Jesus is to your faith, remember also how important the Holy Spirit is to your faith. He's that ongoing teacher in your life. Have you already learned everything you need to about God? I don't think many of us would say yes, we have. We know there's more to hear, there's more to feel, there's, there's more to learn. And that's what the role of the Holy Spirit is, is to teach us. It's to show us, it's to continue what we've already heard and learned and put into our hearts by faith. How do you, how do you have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? The same way as when you came to faith in Jesus. By, by faith you trusted, you believed. You accepted the word of the Lord and you received 
salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, is the same way you say, Holy Spirit, I want you to have your way in my life. I want you to have control in my life. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Having believed, you were, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. You realize today that you were marked with a seal when you became a believer. God put His mark there, His seal there, His Holy Spirit there. Now it's up to you to listen. For the Scriptures also tell us about how important it is for us to walk in harmony with the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. And allow the Spirit's fruit to be real in us. Love and joy and peace and patience. Do you, do you wonder... How can you really know whether or not the Holy Spirit is in your life? Well, the Apostle Paul wrote about that when he said what the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patient kindness. How's your joy level? How's your patience level? What about the depth of kindness in you? We're reminded of how powerful the Holy Spirit can be in our lives to help us and form us and shape us. You know, God wants to continue to shape us. A few weeks ago, I talked about Jeremiah and the potter and the wheel. How God wants to shape us. And if you don't let Him shape you, you will become rigid. rigid, And you will become dark by the world's pressures and problems and challenges and you'll become hard what the Holy Spirit wants to do is to keep you to, to keep you flexible, to keep you teachable so that you can hear and understand what God wants to say to you. The Holy Spirit is there for you today. The Holy Spirit is for you today. I'd, I'd like to leave you today with three questions. Thank you for allowing me to come and be with you for these weeks and tell the story a little bit through the eyes of Peter. But as I leave you, I want to leave you with three questions this morning. Number one is, are you listening to the Holy Spirit? That means, are you too distracted? That means, what are you listening to? I mean, you're listening to the voices of the world. You're listening to the voices that don't have faith. You're listening to maybe music, maybe people who have no respect for Jesus and for God, and they're influencing your mind and your heart and what you think. So the question is, are you listening to the Holy Spirit today? Are you listening to Him? That's a choice you have to make. It's a choice that every one of us have to make. The second question, are you walking in that truth? Are you walking obediently today to the voice of God in your life? Are you living it out the way that God calls you to? There are areas of your life that you have said, yes, I'll do that, God. But there's other areas of your life that say, no. I'm holding on to this. Are you walking in harmony with the Holy Spirit today? The Holy Spirit deeply, deeply wants to impact and affect who you are and what you're doing. The last question that I want to leave you with 
today? Is, is your life on mission with Jesus? Is your life on mission with Jesus? We've talked before about the words of Jesus. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's pretty brief. It's pretty simple. There's a million things that can keep you from being on mission with Jesus in your life. A lot of them are good things that the world has to give to us. But a lot of them are distractions. I want to tell you that God wants your life and your heart to be full of the Holy Spirit. If you are full of the Holy Spirit, all the other things will come together in your life. I mean, all those things about what you should be doing and what your priorities should be and being shaped about your faults, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, God can shape you and make you what you want to be. The question today is not, do you have the Holy Spirit? For reasons I already said, he's here. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? Big difference between those two. Does the Holy Spirit have you? God gives us these promises. We don't want the church to fall short of the Holy Spirit. Just stand, please. Would you sing with me this simple chorus? Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. From the beginning of this series, my heart as your pastor has always been on this last point. And the Holy Spirit in the church. we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, we might as well go somewhere else and do something else. Because we will not accomplish the mission that Jesus has for us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. 
I thank you, God, that you speak to us. You have something to say to us. You had something to say on the day of Pentecost and in the lives of Peter and James and all the, all the, Mary and all those that were there on the day of Pentecost. And I know that you have something to say to us, God. Help us not to be satisfied for a religion that is empty. God, help us not to be satisfied with a Christianity that's out of convenience, but it's not out of calling. God, help us to know what the purpose of this church is and help us to do it with all our hearts, God. Help us to call on your spirit and be hungry for you. Help us, God, to be willing to take the time to listen to your spirit, whether that be in your holy word or in quietness. God, by focusing directly on asking you to speak to us, I pray, God, that there would be a hunger and a thirst after righteousness. God, forgive us where we fail. Forgive us, God, where we're not what you want us to be and help us to be willing to hear, to listen, to change, to respond to your truth, I pray. I thank you, God, for your spirit. I also thank you for every person that's here this morning. God, help us to have a heart that's seeking you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today.